Some are afraid to talk about the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we, we are taught about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We hear about the Father. We pray to Jesus. You know, we pray in the name of Jesus. We pray to God the Father in the name of Jesus. And a lot of times it's the Holy Spirit. And I know you guys are strong enough tonight to be able to hear this. And some of this, some of you have heard before. You may know it, but I want you to understand it because there is a difference between those that love God and allow the Holy Spirit to operate in their life and allow you to be led and guided by the Spirit of God, there is a difference in, in those believers than believers that don't. Okay? So let's, um, l- let me pray, first of all. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just come to you. We thank you for the opportunity that you've given us tonight. I thank you, God, that you will speak through me, that you'll use everything that I've got. My vocal cords are yours tonight. My voice is yours tonight. My physical body is yours tonight. God, I thank you that we're sowing a word in their spirit, and their spirit is going to be receiving this word, and this word is going to explode in them, and it's going to cause a, 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 just a, a hunger, a thirsting to know more about you, to be more intimate with you, God. God, I ask you to show us tonight. Teach us tonight, Holy Spirit. You're our teacher. Teach us what we need to know tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So the Holy Spirit, you know, we can look at this, and I'm going to lay some groundwork down as we step into this. There's a, I'm going to have you look at the Hebrew word. The Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit is Ruah Kadesh. And and then if you look at Hebrew, Hebrew is not left to right, it's right to left. So it wouldn't be Holy Spirit, it would be like, well, it would be Holy Spirit instead of we would read it as Spirit Holy. So we, we want to look at the, the Hebrew word and the Greek word. Can you, you got those? Can we pull them up? <clears throat> and, and, and the Holy Spirit is pure. The Spirit of God, the Spirit is like the breath. If you looked it up, it would mean breath or breathe. The Spirit of the living God. So it's like a breath. So the Hebrew word is Ruach Kadesh. And the Greek word is this. Annette, we're working. Let's give Annette a hand. She's doing it tonight, and she's doing good. You do it, girl. We're, 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 we're all learning. Okay, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Um, hagios, hagios, and pneuma. And, and, it, and it literally means Holy Spirit. It means the holy, pure breath of God. So the, the breath of God. We talk about the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Turn with me to Genesis, and let's just, let's just begin to look at some things. Because we want to learn a little bit more about the Spirit of the living God. We know about the Father. We know about Jesus and what he's done for us. But I want us to really begin to now begin to saturate the things of God. Let's look at the Holy Spirit and how he's involved. Because he was involved at the very beginning. Genesis chapter Chapter 1, let's look at verses 1 one and 2. Angela? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. So we see in the beginning there was God. We see in the beginning God was not by himself. The Holy Spirit was with him. And he was hovering over, waiting on God to speak, because when God speaks, the Spirit of God goes to work. Are you with me? The Spirit of God begins to go to work. So as we begin to look at this, we see that the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the water. We've talked a little bit about the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, the term Spirit of God is used 24 times. In the Old Testament, there's a term, the Holy Spirit, was only used three times. So let's look at those scriptures real quick. You don't have to turn there. You can jot it down if you want to. 
In, um, in Exodus chapter 31, verse 3, Moses was filled with the Spirit of God. I have to recant a statement that I made that it doesn't really tell us that anybody was filled with the Holy Spirit, but it, they're, they're filled with the over Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It doesn't talk about it in the Old Testament. But the Bible does say Moses was filled with the Spirit of God. Not only in Exodus, I think, 31, but also Exodus 35, it, t- it talks about uh, Moses being filled with the Spirit of God. Now the Spirit, Holy Spirit would come upon somebody. So there were times where the Holy Spirit would come upon somebody, they would do something supernatural, and the Spirit would go. Are you with me? So the, so now we're not, we're not there now. Now the Spirit of God can live in us, dwell in us, and operate 24 hours a day, seven days a week upon our lives. But then the Spirit of God would come upon somebody, they would do supernatural acts, okay? Let me give you a couple of scriptures that you can write down, and you can look this up later. Second Chronicles 2 Chronicles 24, 20. It says, The Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Je- uh, Jehoda, the priest. The Spirit of God actually came on him, okay? So the Spirit of God came on him. First Samuel eleven six says this. I don't know if I have them. Do I have that one, Annette, by any chance? Okay. First Samuel eleven six says the Spirit of God came upon Saul mightily when he heard the words. The Spirit of God, there's another scripture that says the Spirit of God came upon Saul's company. He was a prophet with a, with a company of prophets with him, and they began to prophesy. So the Spirit of God came upon them. They began to prophesy. All right? See, now you can prophesy now because the Spirit of God, well, we'll get to that. I don't want to get ahead of this. Numbers 24.2. Anybody know about the story about Balaam? Balaam on the donkey. In Numbers 24.2, it says, Balaam lifted up his eyes and he saw Israel camping tribe by tribe. And the Spirit of God came upon him. And I thought, Lord, Balaam, when he saw that, he had to have been operating in fear. And the Spirit of God still came upon him in the midst of operating in fear. So I want you to understand the Spirit of God is still with you. You may, you may be in fear at times, but the Spirit of God is still with you. Okay? So we look at it, the Old Testament, and we see where it talked about the Holy Spirit. We, we see the Old Testament where it talks about the Spirit of God. Let's take a look at the, the term Holy Spirit that's found in, like, Psalms 5111. If you can, let's just look at 5111. Again, I may go real fast for you guys, but I want to lay this foundation down. I think I'll just, you know, just gear down a little bit. Psalms 5111 says this. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Now, David had written this psalm, and, and he had been in adultery with Bathsheba, and Nathan the prophet had come to David, and he said, he gave, he basically, he prophesied to him, and David was then in a repentance mode and said, God, God, I'm sorry, God. And he said, God, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Psalms 51.11. Okay? Let's look at Isaiah 63.10. But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So we see not only the Spirit of God being used in in Samuel and Numbers, but we see the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, being used in Psalms 51.11. And he says they rebelled and they grieved his Holy Spirit. What about Isaiah 63.11? Where is he who put his Holy Spirit in the midst of them? Where is he? Isaiah was prophesying. God put his Spirit upon upon people in the Old Testament. And in the New Testament, we're going to see a shift. We're going to see a change there. So in the Old Testament, we see 24 times that actually it says that that the term the Spirit of God was used. And then there's three times that it said the Holy Spirit himself, 
was used. Let's take a look at the New Testament if you want to. Let's take a look at, at what the Lord says in, about the Spirit of God. Let's look at the first place you're going to find it is in Mark chapter 1. And let's look at verses 8 through 10. Mark chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. Because I just want to lay down this foundation for you. Because I know there's a place where we're going to get to go. I may not get to go there tonight, but we're just going to lay it down for next Wednesday night. Mark chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. I baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Immediately coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opening and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. Okay, this is so we understand through the Old Testament. Now there are some things that have changed. When Jesus came and was baptized, okay, then the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. John said, hey... I'm going to baptize you with water, but there's one coming that's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost, with the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? Then when John actually did the form of baptism for Jesus, the heavens opened up, and we all know this. You guys have been in the Word long enough. You know the heavens opened up, and the Spirit of God ascended on him. But here's what I want you to begin to see and understand, how it operated differently how the Holy Spirit operated differently in the New Testament than he did in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there were times where he'd come upon somebody, they would do some amazing things, like uh, uh, Elijah would outrun the chariot of, of, uh, of uh, Ahab, right? Uh, uh, yeah, Ahab, and, and it's like he would outrun that. And you're, and you're thinking, how can he run 26 miles faster than a dude with a chariot and horses? That's impossible. Well, nothing's impossible with the Spirit of God. See what I mean? So it would come upon him, be able to do some supernatural acts. Um, um, there's, when we look at some things, uh, Philistine, uh, um, gosh, my mind is connect. The Philistine, uh, um, um, strong guy. Um, Goliath. Goliath, yeah. No, 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 Samson, yeah. Samson took a jawbone of a donkey, right? And he killed, what, 3,000 Philistines? One guy with a jawbone. Now, that dude was bad, right? That would be... TV movies. I mean, why don't we make TV movies like that? Some people would be going, wow. It's like, that really happened. They'd be going, what? That really happened. See, because the spirit of the living God came upon him, and he was able to do some supernatural things. John chapter 14, verse 26. Here's what it says. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I said to you. I need to lay this down. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things, okay? He'll teach you all things. The Holy Spirit will teach you all things. And I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to understand because some people will use this scripture to not to come to church. But see, the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. But we're going to look tonight because some people, maybe they haven't told you that, but there's been some people that says, I don't need to go to church. I don't need to be taught because the Holy Spirit teaches me. I don't need this. The Holy Spirit teaches me. I don't need church. That's just that. The Holy Spirit teaches me. And we're going to look at it because the Holy Spirit will teach you things, but he teaches you through men and women of God. Okay? Because the Holy Spirit moves in that way. So the question that I have to ask you, did Paul teach? Yes. Did Peter teach? Yes. Did Jesus teach? Yes. See what I mean? The disciples taught. 
You can read it through the New Testament. They taught. They taught. Paul, Paul was teaching and some guy fell out of a window. Died. I mean, you talk about a born preacher. The dude fell asleep. <laughs> fell out a window. And died. You understand? Yeah, Shelly says he was preaching all night. Well, he was teaching. See what I mean? So we can look at it and we go, wait a minute, wait a minute. That doesn't line up with the word of God. See, Titus in chapter 2, verse 3, older women are supposed to do what for younger women? So if the Holy Spirit teaches you, why do I need church? They're using that scripture and they're using it way out of context. Okay? They don't understand the fullness of the Spirit of God and how he wants to teach. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28 says, We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching, there it is, teaching every man with wisdom so that we may present every man complete in Christ. So we see in order to present men completed in Christ, we need teaching. Okay? See, I mean, this, God was just, was just showing me some stuff actually this, this afternoon as I was looking at this. Look at um, Colossians, or 1 Corinthians 12, 28. It ta- doesn't it talk about the teaching gift? Ephesians 4, 11, 4, 12, it talks about the teaching gift. So if there wasn't teachers, then why would it say, first of all, in the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, pastors, evangelists, you see what I'm getting at? If that wasn't supposed to be for today and I'm just going to be taught by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's the only one that can teach me anything, then I am not operating in biblical truth, see? Because God has his teachers. There are many of you here that may have that teaching gift. Acts 13.31, this was the early church. There were teachers in the early church. It says, now there were at Antioch in the church, there were prophets and teachers. So even in the early church, we can see that there were prophets and teachers. Say teachers. So God wants to teach us, and he wants to teach us through the teachers. The Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you and direct you because the Spirit of God is going to teach us all things, but he'll use teachers to do it. Can I get an amen? You understand that? See, you may have some people that you talk and say, well, I don't want to go to church, but I, I just, I got the Holy Ghost and, and I'm good and, and the te- Holy Spirit teaches me. And you can probably get them this CD, have them, have them download it, take a look at it and say, wait a minute, that's not biblical truth. Because God will teach us through men and women. God will teach us. The Holy Spirit is going to take this tonight and teach you and bring you revelation. So if, it, if we're not supposed to have teachers, then... Why would teachers be in the ministry of offices, those offices? Well, let me just turn there real quick. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, and it's uh, 12, 28. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and it's verse 28. So if we're talking about this, the Holy Spirit teaches us everything, right? Holy Spirit's going to teach me. He's going to teach me. The Holy Spirit's going to teach me. I'm going to learn from the Holy Spirit. He's going to teach me. But verse 28 says, and God has appointed... In the church, first, first is a Greek word, meaning first in meaning, first in rank, first in order. See what I mean? Not just in the groupings of this one's first, but it's rank order. It says first apostles, second prophets, third teachers. And then he goes on to talk about the miracles and you know, the gifts of healing and, um, and uh, the administrations and helps and kinds of tongues and different kinds of tongues. Now, let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. 
and verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. Well, if the Holy Spirit's going to teach me, then why do we need apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists? Because God wants to teach us through those offices, through those ministry gifts. Okay? In verse 12, it says, For the equipping of the saints for the work of service to build up the body of Christ. So if the Holy Spirit's just going to teach you everything and you don't need anybody else to teach you anything or teachers or anybody else to teach you anything, you're not biblically lining up. And I'm not talking about you guys here because you guys know better than that. But what we're trying to do is give you a way to break down those walls for others that are out there that need to be operating in truth and not deception. It's deception to think, I don't need any man to teach me. I learn by the Holy Ghost. They only taken one scripture out of there, and they're twisting it and turning it for what they want it for. That what they want it for okay? So understand, the Holy, Holy Spirit will teach us, and he'll teach us what? Through teachers. We'll understand and learn through teachers. And don't think for one minute that you don't need teachers. We need people to teach us. Young men, young women... You need older women to teach you, to train you, to bring you, to bring you revelation, okay? All right, now, let's take a look at we're gonna, we're gonna I'm going to give you a bunch of different points, which I've handed out, got a handout, everybody's got a handout. Let's take a look at that. So what's the job of the Holy Spirit? We know that the Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit is a teacher. We're supposed to be led by the Holy Spirit. We're supposed to be guided by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teach, teaches me all day long. If I begin to go in the wrong direction, the Holy Spirit might go, uh-uh, uh-uh. You better acknowledge them. You better speak to them. You better call them. A lot of times I don't listen. I don't hear. But I want to be led by the Spirit of God all day long no matter what I'm doing. And that's what, that's what we want to be able to get to. But we want to look at how the Holy Spirit operates. We can know how God the Father operates. We know what Jesus has done for us. But what about the third person in the Trinity? What about Holy Spirit? Benny Hinn had a, had a book that I read many years ago, and it was Good Morning, Holy Spirit, where he'd wake up in the morning and he'd talk to the Holy Spirit and he'd fellowship with the Holy Spirit. The first thing that the Holy Spirit's job is, is to help you understand the Bible. The Holy Spirit helps you understand. That word that goes in there is understand. It helps you understand the Bible. And we're going to look at Luke, Luke 24. You got that, Annette? Okay? Helps us understand the Bible. Remember what did we say? Holy Spirit's going to teach us. One of the things that he's going to do, he's going to help us understand the Bible. Let's look at Luke 24. Angela, will you read that? Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. And he said to them, Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise again from the dead the third day, and that repentance for forgiveness of sins would be proclaimed in his name to all the nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending forth the promise of my Father upon you. But you are to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. So we see where the Holy Spirit, the Spirit Jesus was talking about, he was opening in their minds. It's the Spirit of God doing that. Now it's the Spirit of God doing that. He's going to open our minds so we can see what we didn't see before. 
And, and the Spirit of God has been opening up scriptures to us time and time again through the past 12 years and opening it up to us and opening it up to us and opening it up to us because he was, he was at a place right now where he was saying the scriptures beginning to open up and you're going to be able to open up and understand the scriptures. See, the scriptures, the scriptures weren't made or written for us not to understand them. We should have an understanding of the scriptures. We should have an understanding. In order for us to understand the scriptures, a lot of times we may need to understand some history. A lot of time we need to understand the flora and the fauna of the type of where it was at. We need to understand what was going on at the situation at the time Jesus said this or the disciples did that. What was going on in history at that time? So we, he says the Spirit of God is going to give us understanding. He's going to help us understand the Word of God. I want to be able to understand it. And I'm learning so much, you know, even just recently. There's just so much things that continue to come alive because we're learning to let the Holy Spirit teach us. So you'll see on the, on the, on the last verse, verse 49, it says, I'm sending forth the promise of my Father upon you for you to stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. What was he talking about there? He was talking about Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, when the Spirit of the living God came and he clothed them, sat on them like fires of tongues or however you want to interpret that. But but the Spirit of God then was available to each and every one of us. See, when Jesus was on the earth, he operated in the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God came down, and I believe at that time, Jesus was then uh, recognized as who he was. Because until that time, the devil didn't know who he was. The devil didn't really know who he was. You can look back and see, why did Herod kill all the men, the demons, through Herod, try to kill all the, the boys of a certain age? He didn't know exactly who Jesus was. Didn't know exactly who the Messiah was. But at that time, he was identified. Because if you'll read the Scriptures, after that, the Spirit of God... The Spirit of God who was inside him sent him to the wilderness. And it was right after that that Satan came. See what I mean? It wasn't before that. It was after that. So Satan then identified who Jesus was. He's the coming Messiah. Let's go after him. But he had spent 40 days in the wilderness. Matthew chapter 4, you get a chance to read it. He had spent 40 days in the wilderness, and he was empowered by the Spirit of God, and he was strengthened by the... Thank you, brother. He was strengthened by the Spirit of God, and he was afterwards, he was in the wilderness, and after that, right after that, the devil came and he tempted him, and he tempted him, and he tempted him, because then he knew that's him. He has been identified because the Spirit of God came down upon him. Now, Jesus was talking about when the, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to clothe you with power. See, Jesus said, I can't stay, because the disciples, they wanted him to stay. Jesus said, I can't stay, because if I stay, then the, what God promised, what Father promised the Holy Spirit to come, won't come. So if I stay, then I'm out of God's will, so I'm going to stay in God's will, and I'm going to do what I've been called to do here, because when I leave... There's somebody else coming. Oh, come on, somebody. Somebody else is coming, and it's the Holy Spirit. See, and it's the Holy Spirit that does the work in and through, through us in the things of God. So the Holy Spirit first became available to us at the Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. I want to encourage you, read through that. Okay? So the Holy Spirit now is available to men. I get, I get born again. My spirit gets born again. The Holy Spirit moves on the inside of me, lives and operates on the inside of me, and I've got to be able to be attentive to him, okay? So the Holy Spirit's job, number one, is to help us what? Understand the Bible. Help us get an understanding of that. Let me give you number two, and we'll, uh, we'll, I'll give this to you tonight, and we'll, uh, we'll pick it up next week. 
Romans chapter 8. Turn with me to Romans chapter 8. Let's look verses 26 and 27. The Holy Spirit helps us pray. Say pray. That's what goes in there. Holy Spirit helps us pray. I'm telling you, I, I'm a prayer warrior. When I was, when I got, when I got, uh, when I got, before I got, well, let me see how I'm going to word this. Before I got filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, the Spirit of God was moving in me, and I'd pray, and I could pray, and I could pray for 15 minutes, I could pray for 30 minutes, I could pray for 45 minutes, and then I'm like, okay, who else do I pray for? I pray for Uncle Bob and Aunt Martha and my cousins. You know what I mean? You get to the point where you've prayed for everything or anything you know about, but then all of a sudden when the baptism of the Holy Spirit's with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you can pray even more because you pray in the Spirit and you're praying for those things that are unknown. But let's take a look at this. Romans chapter 8, verses 26 and 27. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So let's break this down, can we? In the same way, the Spirit, Holy Spirit, also helps our weaknesses, okay? In the same way, the Spirit of God helps our weaknesses. And he says, for we do not know how to pray. Have you ever been in a situation where you just don't know how to pray? I mean, somebody can come up to you and something has just happened or they've had a loved one that's been in an accident or something like that. I mean, you can pray for them. But there's going to be times in your own life when things happen in your life, they continue to happen or you don't know how to get out of the situation or you're in there and you're like, God, I don't know what to pray. I don't know what to pray. I've been in my own life. I've been there. It's been happening before. It's like, I don't know what to pray. When I don't know what to pray, then this says right here, the Spirit himself will intercede for us. Intercession is praying for somebody else. And it says right here, with groanings too deep for words. There is a, ooh, you guys are, you guys are, you guys are, this is good, got a good mix tonight. We got some people that, that know this, that have, understand this. We got some that are catching it. And we got some that don't really know a whole lot about this thing. I love this. So the Spirit of God will groan with intercession. Uh, uh. I, 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 I get with Debbie and, and, uh, and Virginia and some others and, and Jackie and Irma, and there'll be times where there's been times where I've been praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, and all of a sudden it comes, and it's like, uh, uh. it's like, uh, golly, I don't know what you women would, would do. It. Would, would childbirth, would it be like childbirth? Ah, I mean, I mean, it can happen. You know, we want to bless that. We want to bless that and let you do it. It'd be kind of, you know, we probably wouldn't want you to do it out here, but we could bless you and have you go in the prayer room and let you intercede all you want to. Let the Spirit of God come through with moanings and groanings. You know what I mean? It's like the ladies, it's like birthing something. Ah, ah, ah. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what I would attribute it to? If, if As a guy, have you ever been hit so hard in your stomach that you couldn't breathe? <gasps> I mean, there have been times where I've just been, it's just like, I couldn't, br- I was breathing fine, but it was like, it's, I had that feeling. And it was like, ah, ah. And I, I knew what it was. I, you know, I didn't at first when I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? And just went with it, and it was just the Spirit of God birthing something, bringing something, changing something. It's travail, okay? It's travail. So it's going into that through, through, through groanings too deep for words. I couldn't speak a word. I couldn't even say, help Jesus. You know what I mean? So it was too deep for words. And it says right here, for he searches the heart, 
knows the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints according to what? God's will. See, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, when we pray in the Spirit of God, when we get into, and and when you're praying in the Spirit and you're not in travail, you're still praying the perfect will of God. So a believer like my wife, we can come together and we can pray for certain things and we can just pray in the Holy Ghost. And, and do, do we want what God wants there? Absolutely. Because it's going to be the perfect will of God. Not the acceptable or pleasing, but the perfect will of God. It's going to be exactly what we want for whoever it might be. It could be for somebody else and we don't even realize it. And we're praying and we're interceding and we're groaning and we're travailing and we're doing these things. And it could because, it could, it could be because Ricky might, it might be, uh, in, in, it about being an accident and God will divert some things. Are you with me? The Spirit of God will begin to move some things. Hold him back. He'll listen to the Spirit of God. Listen to me. Every, God spoke to everyone at 9-11. September? 11th, 2001, God spoke to every person. Well, what about if they weren't believers? They can hear God. I wasn't a believer. Do you think God heard me when I cried out for him? He heard me, right? God spoke to every person. Some, listen to this. Some didn't hear him. Some heard him. And didn't obey. And some heard him and obeyed. There were some, because the Spirit of God was speaking with them, went back to their car to get a diaper bag for their daughter in daycare. And was that many seconds from not being involved in that. Because when they start out with a report that there's 50,000 people in this building... And I don't know what the ending report was, 3,000, three something like that. When they start out a report of 50,000 people in this building, and it comes down to that, the Holy Spirit was speaking to people. There were God, there were, God was speaking. If you ever, you ever seen any of the, the video footage where they talk about some of those guys that went in and got people out? And the things that they did, don't go down this area, don't go down this. Well, I know that's a, that's a fire escape. No, we're not going that way. Why? Because they were obedient to the Spirit of God. And they took other people with them and found another way to get out of it. Amen? See, that's the Spirit of God. That's Holy Spirit. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We want to be led by the Holy Spirit. We want you to live and to operate by listening and hearing the Holy Spirit. So the two things I'm going to give you tonight is we, the Holy Spirit helps us understand the Word. It's going to help me understand the Scriptures, okay? The second thing is the Holy Spirit's going to, going to begin to, to help me how to pray. Help me how to pray, okay? So you guys set the table. I set the table for you whether it's Sunday or Wednesday, but we're going to jump back into this. I'm going to take my time as we work through this because you guys got how many points down there, 12 or 13 or 14 or something like that? Nine, okay? We're going to go through all those. I'm not going to rush through them and give them to you. Okay, this is not drive a drive through Give me my hamburger. I ordered it. You put it in a bag, got my fries. You know, two and a half minutes, I'm gone. Get me out of here. It's not going to be a drive through because God's wanting to weave it in your spirit. He's wanting you to get this thing because when we get through with this, then you're going to be able to be more attentive to what the Spirit of God is doing. You're going to be more attentive, and you're going to say, that's what I want. I want to be able to operate that way. All right? Let me pray for you guys tonight. Let's just stand to your feet a moment.